The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Transmitting from WebmasterRadio.fm World Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Woohoo! All right, everyone. Welcome to the SEO rock stars. This episode is originally being recorded on April 24, 2012, and I'm Chris Boggs, uh, one of your hosts. Um, I am a director at uh, Rosetta, which is an agency, and I'm also the outgoing or, or current president of Sempo. Uh, we just recently re-elected our board, so we've got some executive committee elections to do. So right now, as of now, I'm president. Um, unfortunately, Darren Babin has too many awesome things to do on the islands today, I guess, to join us. So, But fortunately, we do have a great guest. Uh, it's a man who I've known for a long time. Uh, used to actually serve on the board of directors of Sempo with me, uh, and now currently works for Microsoft uh, and and Bing. Uh, and this is Dwayne Forrester. So, Dwayne, hello, welcome. Chris, thank you very much. It's uh, it's exciting to be here today. I'm a big fan of the show and uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Awesome, awesome. So, listen, uh, just just set the stage a little bit. Um, for those of you that have been in the industry a while, you know that Google sort of had the forefront in terms of webmaster communication and relations for some time uh, when they initially inserted uh, Matt Cutts into the conference circuit. Um, so for a long time, he was known, and I think he still is somewhat known as the face of Google. Uh, and uh, Dwayne can kind of fill us in on the exact timeline, but I would personally compare Dwayne to being almost the Matt Cutts of Google, and, and, and you can change that if you want, or maybe you can say that Matt Cutts is the um, Dwayne of Google, is the Dwayne of Google, as opposed to you being the Matt Cutts of Microsoft. But um, this is something that um, you know both of your roles, at least from my perspective, are he- very helpful when it comes to helping webmasters out there understand how to. Um, you know, get their content properly indexed and showing well and, and ranking and, and, and so forth within search engines. And and from my understanding, Dwayne, and please feel free to explain to everyone that I was wrong if I was, uh, <laughs> that's really what a lot of your role is, is to uh, help uh, sort of lead West Webmaster Relations and help people understand um, how to use uh, some of the tools that Bing has and so forth. So now that I've guessed, why don't you tell us what you really do? Okay. Um, so most of my job every day is to uh, come in and um, surf the Internet, uh, find interesting things, and update our algorithmic stack. I'm kidding. That's not what I do. Um, so 
you're actually pretty close, Chris. Um, the, the funny thing is I, I get this comparison a lot. And at first I was kind of like, wow, that's really flattering. And then I was kind of like, no, really, I'm my own person. I'm not him. And then I kind of realized that it breaks down exactly as you have it laid out. You know, um, my role, what I actually do here, I have a title. It is Senior Product Marketing Manager. Um, essentially what I do here, though, is I help with the webmaster team. I work on the webmaster team here. So I run surveys to find out what tools people want, and I meet with people in focus groups, and I spend time either on the phone or in person at conferences talking directly with users of the tools to help us understand, A, what's working, B, what needs work, and C, what's missing. So there's a lot of that, and you know, the, the real similarity here, I guess, is that you know, Matt spends a lot of his time kind of answering questions for folks and hoping to guide them in the right direction, helping them make the right decisions around how they build their products and make their products better. And I do the exact same thing from Bing's perspective. I can sit down with folks, and, and often this happens at the, you know, the 200 or 100 person level when we're in a conference session. But we get the question, and we actually get to sit down and walk someone through what they should avoid, how they should tackle a particular problem, those kinds of things. Um, one major difference between us, Matt runs the spam team over at uh, at Google, and I'm not directly involved with spam. I, I'm very much in the webmaster camp. Um, I do know the spam team here, and I sit very close to them. We we talk on a daily basis, so I'm very tight with those guys. But I'm not I'm not exactly aligned. Um, and I do have uh, have quite a bit of history. I've been in SEO now for almost 15 years. So um, prior to coming into this role with Bing. I used to run the SEO program uh, at MSN for the U.S. and Americas. So I've got, you know, big site, small site SEO experience and, and that kind of thing. And even today, I still run my own websites as a hobby. And it keeps me fresh and lets me play with some stuff. So, um, so yeah, there are a lot of similarities in there, um, but some, some very big differences. Um, you know, Matt will hand me my ass anytime there's a facial hair growing competition. Um, he just comes out looking like, you know, a, a biker dude and, uh, and, and a real you know, a real hard ass. Um, it's a great look for him. I, on the other hand, it's not even close. I, I look like a 13-year-old boy. And, uh, you know, the flip side to that, of course, is, uh, you know, if it's a hair modeling competition, I think I've got him beat. <laughs> now, you know, that just got me nervous for a second. I forgot. I gave to one of you guys. Was it you or Matt? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say me so we both feel better. I think it was you to try to get you ahead. <laughs> Of Matt and I, I gave a decent amount, and then of course Matt got all his cutlets to. Uh, Actually, I think you know what I want to clarify that the the way this the way this convert or this uh, the the whole November thing. This is what we're talking about, gang. Is is back in November, Matt and I formed a team and participated in raising funds for um, awareness for men's cancer, and it's an event called Movember, and you'd grow a mustache for the month of November. Um, and we had all kinds of people donating to us. In fact, by the time the final tally came in, and it came in literally last month, um, we are over $19,000 that the team raised. So huge thank you to everyone who participated and took time and donated. It was awesome. Um, but the reality of sometimes you have company matching funds. So I had some employees here who supported me. And the company um, only does matching every quarter. So when their funds finally caught up with me, I actually trumped Matt by like dollars. So it was it was a little disheartening because he beat me the December first that morning. He was ahead, but in the final analysis, I've actually managed to creep up there. So thank you to the accounting department at Microsoft as well. Brasco, hear the uh, applause, please. 
<laughs> awesome. Great, great job. Okay. Hey, listen, before we go to a break, I got one, another kind of uh, a, I'll show you mine if you show me yours kind of thing, I guess you could say. Um, so what about <laughs> Good thing I know you, Chris. <laughs> What about Webmaster Tools? Uh, and, and I know that you probably have only certain things that you can say or whatever, but and yeah. I, I'm curious as your opinion. I know that obviously uh, I think most people would argue that the first openly accessible Webmaster Tools uh, was from Google. I don't think that you can argue that. But nope. t- tell us about some of the differences between Bing's Webmaster Tools and Google's, or if there aren't any. I mean, are they basically – from your understanding, it's the same kind of goal uh, from from Bing's perspective in providing webmaster tools as it is from Google, or are there some some things that are better about Bing? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of areas that do overlap. Um, there, there's no question about that. I mean, at at some level, we are intent on sharing the same types of ideas, and and you know some of the features inside both sets of tools are geared at gathering information on it's called discovery finding out about your content so url submissions and rss submissions and things like that um we do have differences in how we show data um we very much are in the uh in the camp of we just show everything we show the raw numbers there's no rounding off we don't really care it doesn't make any performance difference to us so we just show the numbers as they are and there you go um, I'm a big proponent of, um, uh, personally and professionally, I'm a big proponent of websites using both sets of tools. There are enough differences between them that you do get a different view of how things are being treated in each engine. So it is definitely worth your while to come in. Um, we do offer some more controls over things that are deeper and in-depth than, uh, than necessarily or easier to control than, than our competition offers as well. So, so there are some things in there that are definitely worth paying attention to. Um, I remember, you know, back in the day um, when I was running SEO programs, you know, the, the common uh, feeling was, well, we'll just set up Google's tools and that's all we need. Um, I'm here to tell you guys, and, and you can believe me or don't, it's up to you guys. I realize this may sound self-serving, but you can no longer afford to only have one set of webmaster tools. It's, it's just not something you can do if you're being responsible as an SEO anymore. Um, you know, market share in the search area is growing for Bing constantly. Uh, index size is constantly growing. You know, we already know, everyone who's, who's been doing this stuff for any length of time knows that the conversion value of a person coming from Bing is higher. So there are a lot of compelling reasons here to seriously be considering these things. You know, uh, we recently launched the keyword research tool in here. Um, you know, that's kind of cool stuff because um, it's the first organic keyword research tool. Uh, we don't pull data from the paid side, which the typical tools oh. do. We pull it direct from search itself, from the organic side. That's very cool. And um, before we take a break, real quick, so just does it take a long time for a webmaster to set up Bing Webmaster Tools? Is there a similar no. kind of aspect as with, uh, and, and obviously I know the answer to this, but yeah. <laughs> for some of our listeners, uh, what is it? Is it just a matter of adding a file to your site? Yeah, it's um, this is one area where uh, both sets of Webmaster tools are very closely aligned. Um, if you're going to do the work, uh, we try to make it as simple and streamlined as possible. So you can either add a meta tag into the head section of your code. We'll allow you to do that, and that can verify. And if you don't understand what I just said, then you can actually add a file onto the root of your directory. So www.yourdomain.com slash, and then the file will go at that location. Um, these things do require that you have access to the server. 
and that you're able to place files on there, that you have that access and those permissions. Um, failing all of that, there is another option, which is to be able to go in and make a DNS change on your server to, to very technically make a CNAME update. Uh, we will give you what we want to see in there. You will put it in place, and that proves to us that you are the owner, the controller of that domain, and then we can start sharing the data with you. Um, if these are things, if, if somebody's listening and, and all of that was just complete Latin and you have no idea what we're talking about, um, you can always reach out to us. We can get you pointed in the right direction. Some places will allow you the access. Some places won't. Some businesses have this. Some businesses don't. So you, you do have to do some research on your end to, to kind of figure out which is the most straightforward way for you. But I can assure you, all of these options are very standard and they're very simple. It might sound complicated, but they're not. They're very simple. Okay, and then so from an agency perspective, when you can use the same tag across different clients, uh, is that the same thing? Yeah, you same, can. Do you but get the, the same the, code for um, you know to put on that uh, off the root file. Yeah, I mean you can do that. The the way we recommend that uh, agencies set stuff up is to um, th there's two main approaches. One is to take over the account from the client, obviously with their login information. Um, that's great from a client perspective because. If they wrap up the relationship with the agency down the road, then they still have access to all of that data. It's, it's essentially their account, and, and they can continue with it. Um, in a lot of cases, though, the agency is the hero. The agency is the group that steps in and gets these folks to set up. And in many cases, the agency relationship is built around the work they will do, which includes setting up and maintaining those accounts. So an agency could, in fact, set up an account of their own and then validate a domain within that. And the actual physical act of turning on the verification will involve the website itself. But then after that, the agency is free to just manage it all through their account. The great thing is you can set up permissions on a user access level as well. So somebody from company A can come in and see all of their data just by logging in, and they can read only, or you can give them control to you know, twiddle the knobs and pull the, pull the uh, levers. Um, or, um, or, and uh, they cannot see anything else outside of their own. So users from site A see only site A, users from site B see only site B, and the agency as the administrator sees all of it. So it's kind of a handy way to, uh, to kind of maintain things. Awesome. Hey, we're going to have to take a break here real quick, and when we come back, we're going to take it up a little bit of a level from uh, the actual technology, and then we're going to pick Dwayne's brain. Uh, you know, he's been doing this for 15 years, so let's get some high-level thoughts from Dwayne. Uh, but uh, for now, let's go to break, and we'll be right back with Webmaster Radio's SEO Rockstars. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chris Boggs, your host today. Unfortunately, Darren's not with us um, today. And we do have, however, Dwayne Forrester from Bing. Um, so having a good conversation with him. I want to get into some content about what's, what would Dwayne think what does Dwayne think? Other than how he keeps his hair looking so great, uh, how about how and why you need to be a quote-unquote authority to succeed in search today? How about some thoughts around that, Dwayne? Yeah, this is a um, this is a big one. This is kind of a topic that um, I'd say probably over the last two to five years, it's kind of been in the back of everybody's mind, um, but but there wasn't really a way to kind of put your finger on it. And with the advent of social being integrated into search, um, much more so over the last couple of years, um, you know, there's, there's been a real push for this. And people may not realize they're making a push for it, but they decidedly are. Um, from the search engine's point of view, you know, we're looking at this information. We're looking at all the signals that we see socially. And we're trying to help us understand a few things. One, we're trying to use that to help us understand what the searcher's intent is, exactly what is it they're looking for. Um, often searchers don't give us all the clues we need. They enter a single keyword or a short phrase, and that doesn't necessarily give us the context we need to understand it. But if we understand who you are socially, um, then we have some more context. So uh, if Duane only searches for information about motorcycles or predominantly searches for information about motorcycles and my social footprint is me talking about motorcycles and then I ask for a search on uh, replacement tires, you know, there's a good chance that you could make a guess as a search engine and say, hey, there's, there's a better than average chance here he wants motorcycle tires as opposed to car tires. 
So that can help guide us. It's not obviously the only criteria you use, but, but it can help provide some insight there to help us better, better understand not just the individual, but a group of individuals with similar thinking and behavior patterns. Now, as a business, you can kind of tap into all of this social integration. Um, obviously, you want to be seen as an authority. Everybody thinks this way. Everyone thinks, great, I've got a good voice. I, you know, I, I make compelling statements. I bring good content to the Internet. Um, I, I just need people to, to recognize that. And you, know, you can actually get them to recognize that by participating in the communities that matter most to your business, getting involved in those communities. It's those communities that are going to amplify the message that you are an authority. Those communities are regular discussion forums. They are groups that you participate with on Facebook. They are people, your, your footprint on Twitter. It's, it's all of these different areas. And it's not just those major ones that I, I mentioned there. It can be anything. Um, I um, uh, we didn't mention this earlier, Chris, but in one of the books that I've written, I've written two of them now, um, one of the books I wrote, I, um, I actually did some research to find out how many social communities were online and what kind of verticals they targeted. And I had to cut my list off at 200 um, for printing purposes within the book. The actual list I had was well over 1,000. And I don't think that I even came close to finding all of the different types of communities that were out there. If there's a topic, there is a community group available out there that folks can interact with. So you can be any type of business, online or offline, and you can be getting in there, sharing your expertise and showing those community members that you are an authority on the topic. And it's sharing that expertise, it's committing to the community and giving back to that community, that's what gets you flagged as an expert, as the authority. And that's what gets amplified out. Those are the signals that we hear and see that we can look at and go, oh, okay, well, that person is an authority. Now, there's some other things that you can do as well. And I'll use Twitter as an example for this because it's, it's super simple. It's, it's really easy to understand this example. Um, when somebody is um, doing a lot of uh, activity on Twitter, they, they tweet a lot, they share a lot of things. There's a couple of things that they need to get right as a baseline. First off, you know what? I really don't care whether you had crust on your sandwich today for lunch or not. I don't think anyone's going to give crap about that. However, if you're sharing useful content, links, things that people can go to and that make their, better, their day better, that actually answer a question for them, expose them to something new or useful, that type of content sharing is what people want to see in social media. It really, truly is about them, which brings me to my next point, the old 80-20 rule. When you're talking about stuff and you're putting things out there, 80% of it or more should not be about you. It should be about things related to you, things about your industry, your topic. The other 20% can be about you, or even 10% is about you. But don't use social as a pure sales method. It is a way to build relationships and maintain relationships with the community. If you just sit there and say, here's a sale, we've got this on sale, come in and give us your money, buy this product from us, people tune you out almost instantly, and you're dead in the water at that point, which is why a majority of social media programs for small businesses end up failing, because they think of this as, everyone comes to my store, buys my product, they sign up and follow me on Twitter, and then I tell them about the great sale we're having this weekend. No one shows up for the sale, and I lose all my followers. Why is that? It's because you didn't bring them anything that was immediately worth their while. You didn't prove to them that you were bringing value. I know you can argue that a sale is value. I, I get that. But from the searcher's point of view, from that individual's point of view, if they're not interested in that product at this time, then your sale has no impact on them. 
but things related to that topic, because you know they're interested in it, can continue to provide value to them. And if you're the source of that value, you become the authority. So it's really, really important. I'll, uh, I'll throw one final thing on there, too. Um, the use of an auto-follower. Um, I highly recommend that folks stay away from these things. Um, the reason is this. When we're taking a look at an account, we're trying to understand if somebody is an authority or not. If, there's, if they're following 2,000 people and 2,000 people follow them, the net effect is a wash. It's, it's basically a zero at that point. Um, if, on the other hand, uh, there are 2,000 people following them and they only follow 100 people, that's an indication that their voice may be in demand. So there's, there's a subtle indication to us there that there's more projecting out than there is taking in. Plus, we also know some very basic things about humans. Um, if you had 2,000 people in your timeline constantly putting up tweets for you, there is no way you could actually consume all that content in any kind of reasonable manner. We know that. That's just an obvious thing, which means it's obvious you're not paying attention to those conversations. So, you know, it's very easy for us to understand those things and to be able to look at that and say, yeah, that's a bit of an authority, that is an authority, that is not an authority. And yes, there are always exceptions to these scenarios. First and foremost, I use the word 2,000 only as an example. The number could be anything. It doesn't have to be huge, but it can be huge for your area, your topic, or your niche. Um, if you're a celebrity, so if Ashton Kutcher, li Kutcher listens to this this podcast and then decides to call us in and say, hey, I've got you know a million fans and I follow a million people. I'm still an authority. Yep, absolutely. You're also a household name. And you know, there, there's some leeway on those sorts of things. Um, Social is not the only signal, but it is a growing one. So people need to pay attention to these things. And anyone can be an authority in their topic area. You do not need to be a household brand name to be an authority. You can be an authority simply by being the best you can in your area and having other people acknowledge the fact that, in fact, you are an authority. And the great thing about it is this is not something that you go and you select a checkbox somewhere online that you can game. This truly comes from interacting with your clients, with your customers, with your followers and your friends, and bringing them value. Because the things that they share from you out to their networks, that's an indication that they trust your authority on the topic. It's a big yeah, deal. Like and and folks I truly like to need to, to focus in on these things. About it. You know, if you're just out there, like you said, just promoting and so forth or using uh, um, your business persona uh, to, to simply sell, 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 it's not, I really like your 80-20 rule. One quick question then. Do you agree that it's very important to have a single ID slash persona slash avatar or whatever across communities uh, in order for Bing and potentially other engines to uh, make that connection? Or um, can, do you guys have the ability, and maybe you can't tell me, uh, to be able to tell who a person is if they're uh, cute guy 23 on MySpace and, uh, you know, uh, Dwayne Forrester on Facebook? Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm slightly creeped out by the uh, two examples you gave there, um, tying me into the cute guy. But, um, but that's okay, Chris. We've known each other a long time. I it was, a, it was it. a MySpace joke, not a Dwayne joke. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, first and foremost, um, the, the data that we deal with, the, the information we're looking at, is all publicly available information. So it's not like we would have the ability to look into the back end of anywhere and see that, in fact, that is Dwayne Forrester in location one, two, and three. 
So, so that type of access simply does not exist and should not exist. There's a level of privacy that should be maintained there. Um, however, we can understand certain things. So, for example, um, I'll, I'll go right back to the beginning of what you stated. You know, should, um, should people or businesses have a single persona across multiple locations, um, hand in the air, absolutely, um, make it as easy for us as possible to understand that that is all you. For example, if you are a business and you have a website, you know what? Tell us that this is the official website of this business. Most businesses won't need to use the word official, but if you're a baseball team or you're um, some kind of uh, entity that is acknowledged beyond just what they are, you know, or that other people may want to associate themselves with in some way, call yourself out as the 